Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in-class work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changingeducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. In today's podcast, we discuss what disruptive talent is. Can this affect transition between education and employment? We are also joined by Roman Dibden, Head of Strategic Development and Innovation here at the Change in Education Group. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Change in Education podcast. My name is Amos Madra. I'm joined by company directors Stephen Hatney and Matthew Hodgkinson. And this week, our very own Roman Dibden, Head of Strategic Development and Innovation, is with us. And uh, for a very good reason. In fact, uh, this week, our focus turns to what is disruptive talent and can it affect transition between education and employment? Very interesting. Steve, good morning to you. Uh, let me start with you. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. We've had a, we've had a two-week hiatus. We've had uh, quite a lot of uh, major uh, changes to our software and our delivery model. And we've just been uh, working diligently that uh, we felt that uh, we weren't going to give the podcast the care and support it needed over the last two weeks. So... We're ready now and we're, we're invigorated to talk about this week's topic. So, yeah, all good. Fantastic. What is disruptive talent? It's, well, this is this is Mr. Dibden. We we all know that we went to our staff because obviously me and Matt uh, try not to be control freaks and selfish. Uh, we, you know, we do reach out to our staff and ask for input. And then uh, this is a Roman suggestion of a, of a podcast that we should be talking about. But... Uh, it alludes to uh, the reason why myself and Matthew uh, created the company. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping when Roman comes on, he, he follows on. And we are following the same uh, thought process when we came up with this title that, uh, you know, young people that are potentially uh, neat are struggling in socially. They're struggling with their family life. They're struggling uh, in education. They may have health issues. Uh, they may have uh, uh, some uh, input into criminality and uh, the justice system. And it's a lot to deal with at a young age. And actually, it has a significant impact on their ability to secure qualifications or and or uh, that transition into uh, further education and employment. And obviously, we, we, we commenced, we started the company because we acknowledged that the, some young people would benefit greatly from uh, an adjusted curriculum uh, based around individual need uh, about their aspirations and uh, taking some of the stresses of the core curriculum away uh, when it comes to uh, the pressure of qualifications and looking actually at what's going to make a significant difference uh, to them that's realistic and pragmatic they can get involved with so they don't continue to uh, fight against barriers and they start having some positives in their life so uh generally uh i'll, I'll probably get picked up on this but you know in, in my experience nine, nine out of ten of these students are very much vocational students that do have aspirations uh not to say that, that some students don't break that rule and uh, generally they will be looking for uh, going into employment sooner rather than later and and actually 
uh, making sure that we set them up to meet that milestone of going into employment sooner rather than later and making sure they've got the skills they need to do that. I'm assuming, I could be wrong, I could just have wasted the last five minutes of my life and and, and teed it up completely wrong for uh, Mr Dibden. <laughs> well, we'll see. Thank you very much indeed for that, Steve. Matthew, good morning to you. Morning, morning. You well? I'm good, I'm good, thank you very much. And uh, this morning, talking about disruptive talent, you know, Steve talked about their helping students uh, who would have been left behind. Try and give him a positive sort of uh, start. What's your thoughts on this? I think the word disruptive is now used. It's marketed very well. I think we go back 20 years, a disruptive person would have been labelled as an outcast within society. There's no way that a, distru- a, a disruptive young person would have ever worked for a big business. Never. But now, through social media, I think young people who potentially would have been on a, on a wrong pathway, Steve alluded to, and I won't go over what, uh, what he spoke about then, but he's absolutely right, that they would never have had the opportunity. But now there are opportunities, opportunities galore, but you needed those trailblazers along the way. You needed those, those, those individuals who were given an opportunity that made the most of it. So somebody with a backstory, uh, you know, there was a recent person, and I'll, I'll give Roman a prompt because he's listening now. I'll give him a prompt to involve uh, somebody called Jamal Edwards into this chat because I think that that was actually pretty quite prevalent because I know the, uh, the, the, the young uh, entrepreneur himself uh, unfortunately passed away uh, last week or week before, and I think that's coming to the forefront. But that is, the, the people became trailblazers to ensure that the big businesses of today valued what these allegedly, you know, in, in inverted commas, disrupted people, individuals had to offer. And I think they've marketed it well to ensure that they now have a pathway into big businesses. Because let's agree, they bring a complete different perspective and they make things happen quicker. And obviously the profitable in the way that they think because a lot of young people now are millionaires billionaires in the uk economy amos so something's working well and i think as long as they remain a positive role model and as long as the education sector can catch up quickly and pick them up before they go down the wrong path completely with the point of no return because a lot of these people that have gone to the point of no return could have been, wow, what could they have been in their life? They could have been the, the entrepreneurs that we're seeing coming through today. But I guess the line in the sand had to be drawn somewhere. So I know that we could Google the term disruptive talent, and I guarantee the big businesses at the moment that are on, that are on people's lips have, have acknowledged this and they're using it well. I think that we want to see more of the smaller and medium-sized businesses having some kind of program which embraces uh, young people on a more vocational pathway and an opportunity for young people that have been excluded from school, young people that are involved on the wrong side of the law to also be given more opportunities to uh, follow in a pathway such as a, a Jamal Edwards or somebody that is working currently on an apprenticeship with a big, big brand, a big organisation. So, yeah, I think we are traveling. I'm normally negative on these podcasts, but I think in the, on this particular topic, I think we're definitely heading in the right direction. Thank you very much for that, Matthew. Rowan Dibden, Head of Strategic Development and Innovation here at the Changing Education Group. A warm welcome to you. 
Morning, Amos. Morning, guys. It's uh, it's great to be here. I'm an avid listener of, of the podcast, so it's great that I'm uh, I'm able to, uh, to to gate crash on a subject that's so close to my heart. The, uh, the this morning, um, and I think it's something that hopefully we can we can cultivate a lot more conversations uh, around disruptive talent and also w- what that means in in reality. You know, I think there's a lot of uh, as Matthew alluded to. You know, social media. Um, LinkedIn viral posts, etc., are talking a lot more about people's stories and, and backstories of, of disruption. But historically, uh, you're right, they, they would have been outcast. And I think just pro- probably a controversial, different opinion slightly here. I think SMEs are geared up a lot more to support disruptive talent with the big corporate kind of giants uh, because of organizational structures, because of management procedures, really fail to, number one, harness that disruption but also sustain them uh, within the business. You know, disruptors are, and, and you know, often I, I look back at my journey in school, but uh, often these disruptors are the sort of, um, you know, don't take anything lightly sort of people, will challenge authority, will dare to think differently uh, about things. You know, by, I, I guess by definition, um, Disruptive talent are people that have the ability to spot different opportunities, have the ability to, to to think radically. But within that, they're susceptible to quite a lot of burnout and quite a lot of frustration. So often the hardest role for anyone employing disruptive talent or looking in that area is actually the management themselves. They are a pain in the backside to manage. They're always knocking on the door. They're always challenging. Uh, to be honest, I don't know how Matt and Steve put up with me, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But it is the role of that kind of support bubble of firstly giving them the opportunity, but kind of daring to shape them and, and helping them think differently. So, yeah, that, that's kind of my input on this. Very valuable. Uh, you know, Roman, you've got such an interesting story. Uh, I think for our audience who don't know, it'd be really uh, good for them to hear your own journey, how things started for you. Uh, from the Prue to where you are today. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, how long have we got? I'll try, I'll try and keep it uh, keep it brief with the headlines. I mean, in, in Maine, I, I was a normal uh, young person sort of thing. Came from kind of parents, broke up when I was quite young, decided to move over and uh, and live with my mum. And, and through that kind of disruption, um, started to get involved with, I, I guess, the wrong type of people. I didn't really think much of it at the time, just just a bit of a of a cheeky chappy but crucially that transition to uh, to secondary school was where it started to I guess go wrong I started to feel a lot of a lot of different pressures uh, I remember I had my induction day uh, which at, at secondary school which was the day before my uh, 13th birthday and on that day um, I found out my mum was diagnosed with with leukemia and I remember getting home and and having to google <laughs> what on earth leukemia was uh, obviously Google it, found out it was terminal and spent the entirety of my uh, on my 13th birthday crying at the side of my bed pretty much uh, around that and it started to hit home. So during the time within education, a lot of my time was spent kind of, uh, I guess, skipping school, uh, going to consultants appointments with my mum. Obviously, the, I felt at the time the education system didn't really take the time to understand where my head was at and ultimately I've got to take responsibility for being a pain in the backside and not really listening to authority, but also I did feel very passionately now looking back that 
you know, there, there was more that could be done to actually understand the battles that, that I was going on with. Um, but certainly when your attendance gets to about 20 odd percent in, in education, there's only one way it's going to go. And, and that is exclusion uh, from from there. So I ended up uh, getting permanently excluded from school uh, at 14. Pushed back. Uh, they were trying to send me to different proofs. They were trying to send me to kind of online learning. Uh, and I was just kind of school refuser by, by want of a better word. Uh, and then I remember having a conversation with my mum uh, who said that she wanted me to, to get some GCSEs under my belt. So for the final six months of school, um, I went back to a pupil referral unit and, and tried to knuckle down. There's incidents as you go to a, a pupil referral unit, of, of course. Um, but crucially, I think, I think at the time, you know, when I was kicked out of school, bear in mind for, for so long I'd, I'd spent truant in or jumping over the school gate, etc., when I actually was kicked out of school, I always have a laugh and a joke about this, that there's only so much kind of Call of Duty or, or FIFA you can play as a young person. You know, you think, oh, great, I'm, I'm not in school, I'm just going to play video games. I was absolutely bored by that. So a lot of my time um, was like, right, what, what can I do? What can I get involved in? You know, I was quite an angry young person, a lot of pent-up frustration. Uh, so a lot of what I was doing probably between the ages of 14 to 16 was kind of uh, making music and, and writing about kind of struggles and, and getting into that side of things to just get it off my chest rather than going out, hitting people and, and all the above, which I could have easily got dragged into. I found that kind of uh, music was a help around that. And interesting enough, um, you know, unfortunately kind of, obviously done my, done my GCSEs. And then before I uh, picked up my GCSE results, uh, my mom passed away. So at that point, I was very much at that kind of, probably the most at risk I'd ever been at that point. And so I would go one way and completely go off the rails, which certainly for the first probably four to six months after she passed away, I, I, was, I wasn't eating, I wasn't wanting to do anything. Um, but then... Uh, it was actually my old careers advisor, which why I take my hat off to the profession and why I'm, you know, humbled by working here and, and, and having the, the fact we've got a team of careers advisors is, you know, that careers advisor that was contracted to work with me whilst I was in the pro, I was the only student that was going to see her because I hated my double art lesson, if I'm really honest about it. And I wanted tea and biscuits uh, instead. And I was so career driven. But then she, uh, she emailed me, you know, sort of six, seven months after leaving school. Uh, with an apprenticeship opportunity uh, in housing. And then luckily um, I managed to, to hit off with a, the hiring manager and, and the rest is history, as you like to say. But I think what's important looking back is so there was so many milestones. I know that's a short kind of summary, but there's so many people along the way that even when you're kind of, you're hoping things is, is faltering, they come along and, and they have such an impact, but you only realise the impact of those individuals kind of later down the line as you as you do something like this uh, and reflect back on things so yeah that, that's kind of where where I'm at but I always kind of said uh, it's interestingly this morning I shared a, a memory on, on on Facebook that I posted six years ago and it basically was um, that children in the United Kingdom are amongst the unhappiest in the world discuss uh, and a lot of the things that people were posting six years ago was that because education and education is a big factor in that unhappiness uh, in children in, in this country. So, yeah, I always set along the way of if I can influence at least one other young person 
along this journey and open the door for at least one other person, um, then I would have I would have paid it forward, if you like, in terms of the experiences that I've had. So that's kind of what gets me up in the morning to hopefully make some sort of difference in this uh, in this crazy world we live in. Indeed, Roman, you're an inspiration, and uh, you know you've done incredible things, and uh, you continue to do great things. Steve, Matthew, in fact, uh, you know, you guys, I'm sure when you first saw him, um, I'd be interested in learning what you thought. Steve, let me start with you. You know, when uh, this uh, young man came in, what was what was your thoughts? I won't take, I won't great credit Amos. I'll, uh, I will leave that to Matthew on this occasion. I as first saw Roman... <laughs> came as a guest speaker at one of our events in uh, Cranwich Hall in Holmes Chapel. We were putting an event on two schools to talk about um, work experience and the importance of work experience and how that can uh, support a young person uh, just to obviously complement the qualifications that we're doing. And Roman came in as a, uh, a guest speaker and uh, I remember that, you know, not to speak, unpolitely of some of the other guest speakers, Roman definitely captured everybody in the audience. Uh, and uh, I did say to Matthew afterwards that uh, we definitely need to have a conversation with this young man. And, uh, and I'm sure that wasn't what I was thinking all along. Uh, but yeah, he... Uh, I mean, uh, Roman's been with us for a while now and uh, you forget how time flies. And uh, I wish we had uh, videoed that session and kept it because uh, it would have been a great... Um, It'd have been great for Roman to see him as an individual and speaking powerfully uh, to a group of educators, head teachers, deputy heads, quite powerful people in the room, and speaking really eloquently to them about the importance of uh, the topic that we're talking about today and how, uh, you know, given the right support, young people can succeed. And if the care and the support is individual, and obviously talking about his story and so uh yeah i wish you'd, i wish we'd kept that i wish you could see that because uh roman who he is today and and, and who he is uh, just back then when we first met him uh you know he he's he's, he's gone on i feel leaps and browned and he's a, he's a credit to himself and his family so um yeah they wrote, you wrote roman uh roman's done very well and obviously i feel that uh he will go on to great things Thank you, Steve. You know, Matthew, Steve spoke there about you guys holding an event to give a young person a chance. It's never changed from that first, you know, when you first started to where we are today, giving young people a chance. And that event with Roman must have meant something to you. Yeah, 100%. You know, we uh, that's our deep ingrained philosophy from the get-go. You know, Steve and I, when when we first met, you know, we had that same vision because uh, whatever whatever it was in us, we know that we we needed to support young people and give them a chance that first leg up in their career, and also to stick by them throughout as well the best that we could. Uh, you know, st <clears throat> I thought Steve might have had it. You sound like he might have had a tear in his eye. Then he switched his he switched his webcam off. I thought uh, when he was delivering his speech then, but. Uh, no, Roman, Roman will agree as well that when we when we first came when we when we first met Roman back in uh, in two thousand and 
2016, 2015, 2016, he'll correct me when he comes back on. But it was very much, we were doing things normal. We were transitioning normally as, as an organization, as a business. And, uh, you know, to listen to, such, to listen to a young lad at such a young age, delivering a keynote speech was, was, was remarkable, to be honest with you. And a member of our staff called Rachel at the time had a link to Roman and she was influential in bringing him on to that particular stage to deliver that, that talk. And it was, yeah, it was simple as, you know, we, 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 need, we needed people. You don't know how much you need people until they're here to have shaken things up and to do things a little bit differently. But you've also got to be able to work with a person and give that person a bit of time, a bit of space to grow. And you know, Roman, Roman will, will know certain occasions along the way that you do see, you don't see things eye to eye, you don't agree. And a disruptor, as if you can Google the term, you know, you'll, all sorts of famous people come up Richard Branson, Thomas Edison, Steve Jobs, these are all disruptors. These are creative things away from the norm because the norm only gets you so far. But the, what the norm does, it also puts you on a pathway that's quite easy and quite convenient to do. But the, but the disruptors break away from that and they get up at five o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you a quick story. Me and Rome went down to London to deliver, uh, to deliver provisions to schools. And... Uh, we, uh, you know, sometimes you have different hotel rooms, sometimes you share the same hotel room. On this occasion, I thought, you know what, I'll share the same hotel room as him because he, he's probably, probably going to come off worse because I'm a snorer. I really snore badly. I'm thinking he's going to be up in the morning really early because I'm snoring and he's probably just going to say, next time, Matthew, give me a separate hotel room. But actually what happened was, I don't think that he was doing this to impress me at all. You know, it was, that was, this was not too long ago. But actually, he's up at 4.30 in the morning, ironing, ironing his clothes, his laptop's already on, he's already got a coffee on the go. And then I'm thinking, wow, I'm, I'm still going to be in bed at 7, 7.30 and crawling my, you know, my carcass out of bed and, and get into the shower. What he does for our organisation, it keeps us on our toes. I would not be the person today if it wasn't for having Roman and people like Roman in our business. There's absolutely no chance. You know, as long as we smooth out those rough edges and you only get that through time and you're sticking by people, that we then reap massive rewards from people like Roman. Roman's been, you know, absolutely tremendous in his development and he'll go on and do amazing things in his career. But that just shows you a must a difference in what these characters do. 4.30 in the morning, getting up and getting at it, getting on it, because that's what you have to do. Obviously, at the time, I wasn't very impressed because he's waking me up. And I'm thinking, listen, you know, we had a couple of beers the night before talking shop, as we always do. And, and now at 4.30 in the morning, he's up bright, fresh as a daisy. But uh, it's, people are wired differently. And if we don't capture these people and, and don't try and change them, you can't change them. You can argue with them. You can agree to disagree. Harness all the good stuff and block out the bad stuff because the good stuff will bring you more in the long term. The bad stuff... You've got to be the character that can that can accept that, and if you can accept the failings and the shortcomings, then you know the uh, you can get the bountiful yield off the uh, off the back of working with people. Uh, but I guess you know as I, as I as I start the conversation today, 
I think the businesses are waking up to disruptive talents and uh, and I think they're making more allowances than ever before to uh, to harness them within the business. Really interesting story. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Matthew. You know, Roman, 4.30, you're up and, you know, off to work and everything else. But what's interesting is Matthew um, mentioned this earlier on, you know, you come from that generation uh, of young talent where, you know, things are so different to the way it was in the past. So, you know, you you make things happen. You know, you, you take the bull by the horns, so, so to speak, and you, know, you go out there and you do things. Talk to us about your philosophy and, you know, what is it that inspires you to do this day in, day out, that consistency? I think a couple of things. I mean, I, I remember tiptoeing around that bloody hotel room where uh, trying not to desperately wake up Matthew at, at 4.30 uh, in the morning. But certainly for me, I, you know, there's a certain point in, in the morning, 4.30 case, 4.30, 5 o'clock where, you know, my eyes will open. I can't go back to sleep because my mind's in overdrive and I'm, I'm trying to kind of, I, I guess I, I know how I'm wired. And at that time in the morning, it's a bit quieter. The, the clients are not necessarily in at that time. So I can just have, periods of time where I can be Zen with my thoughts and brainstorm ideas. And it just puts me in a, in a good place. But I think, you know, our, our generation, certainly uh, for people, probably people younger than me, my age, maybe a bit older than me as well. You know, I'm, I'm 25 now. Uh, I would say we get a bit of a bad rep. You know, I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions and, and, you know, sometimes I've met people like this where, you know, you're young, you're entering the world of work, you think you should be doing X, Y, and Z at such a senior level straight away. And I, and I think I was probably, I don't think I deserve anything, firstly, that, that's my starting point. So everything that I've, I've managed to achieve, everything I've managed to do, it's been hard graft, but I'm incredibly lucky. You know, I mean, I'm lucky to to have Steve and Matt and, and everyone else around me to kind of keep me on that, that straight and narrow. But fundamentally, Start, starting from where I come from, and again, we're talking disruptive talent, I'm lucky because a lot of the young people that get kicked out of school, unfortunately, end up on the wrong pathway. They, they go through AP, they may not attend AP, they end up getting drug, dragged into the wrong groups and they end up in the kind of criminal justice system. And it's a revolving door kind of system where they you know, go into prison, they're involved with the police, they come out, they go through crime again, and, and that's all they know. And, and when you get to that stage, you've, you've, you've completely lost them. So I think, you know, luckiness, happiness around that is, is, a, is a big part of, of what I do. But also it's that whole, those teachers that thought I would never amount to anything. That, that is my philosophy. Uh, if, I, if my starting point is I'll never amount to anything, you know, you've got to be involved. There's two things here. Six years ago, meeting Matt and Steve, I, I love the brand. Absolutely love what we stand for, our DNA, our culture. I remember sitting in a, in a bloody boardroom, uh, writing our, our vision and values uh, and re giving, that a, giving that a refresh. But, you know, if I could pick anything that's most aligned to my personality type, and, and not because they're here, even if they weren't here, I'd, I'd say this to you, this is very much, it's just a good fit, I feel, at this point. It's very much what I stand for what they stand for obviously 10 years before they stood for this and started with uh, with working with those kids at risk of exclusion and that's exactly the direction that i want to go in so synergy is really important in this and being in a position where you know you get up and you get to do what you love you know yes there is challenging days 
Christ, I'm sure Matt and Steve will have already talked about the, the impact of COVID on the business and, and the cycles that we've been through. But there's that inner belief that this is what we're meant to do. And if you're doing what you're meant to do, you will make it happen and you will try and push those boundaries because it's kind of that whole risk versus reward. You know, that, 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 that the belief that they've shown in me, I always, they'll say that I don't owe them anything else. I always feel that I do owe them something and we've got to keep pushing, we've got to keep doing more because often people that uh, have an influence on your life, and I'm sure all of us in this room now will know those people, those people that have had an influence don't actually know the gravitas of the influence that they've had. So for me, uh, endless amount of indebted uh, to that. So that, that is a big thing, you know, in, in terms of what gets me up in the morning is very much, you know, what difference can we make? How can we push this brand further? How can we do more to impact more young people? It's very much, you know, for, for any business and in, employer that's listening to this, you know, you, you can train any sort of skill, really any, any sort of skill you, you can train on. You know, I, I could learn a new skill today or I could learn how to speak to someone in a certain way, whatever it is, but the behavior types and being brought into a mission and, and you know, values of someone, that, that is their DNA. That, that can't be trained. So there has been difficult times here. You know, I'm a very different character than I was when I first started. You know, I, I, I've had to, I guess, credit to Matt and Steve at the time, I didn't think this, but they always, uh, Matt's always said to me, kind of, you've got to do the hard miles. You have got to do the hard miles. And I'm like, no, I just want to do what I love doing. I, I, I just want to do my projects. I want to come up with the ideas banging and someone else will do all the logistics around the idea and I'll just keep whacking out ideas. But I think probably now I'd say over the past six to eight months, I'm a lot more of a start a finisher on, on tasks, you know, coming up with ideas. I've always, that, that's fine. We can think differently and all that stuff, but seeing it through and having that finished article is, is, is what I've learned, learned the most uh, being here. So yeah, it's kind of, just having those milestones is what gets me up in the morning. And then one day I'll probably sit down with you, Amos, coffee in hand and, uh, and look back at, at what we've done. Absolutely. And you've got a fantastic team around you as well who support you in, in the sense of getting those miles in and to uh, keep you to account so that when you report back to Matt and Steve, then at least not only are you coming up with these new ideas, but you've got that uh, uh, support there to make sure that you know things are being done consistently as well um so kudos to um uh, uh, danny and uh, to uh, uh, rhiannon as well and uh, the rest of the team so um steve you know when we reflect and look back on this you know what's your message to employers and to uh, schools yeah so obviously the 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 topic is massive and obviously it would take a, a thesis to truly dissect uh, disruptive behaviour and the uh, the way in which we can support that. Uh, I think obviously Roman is a success, a success story, but he he's self-driven. So ultimately the infrastructure, the careers advisor, yes, did it help, but he has helped himself and I think it's difficult to for me to lecture uh, any or to or to make any suggestion that it's easy to support students that are disruptive uh, because they are obviously complex with their needs. So 
uh, I think from an infrastructural point of view, as long as you can offer and provide a nurturing environment that encourages change, that uh, promotes change and that uh, guides somebody who wants to make those changes to uh, improve their uh, skills and to obviously put them on a path to uh, based on what they're capable of and it's pragmatic and, and they can succeed then I don't think you can go far wrong. You, you, you can't force somebody to change. But what you can do is you can offer them um, the roadmap to make that change. And then it's obviously it's up to them if they want to make that change. I say the same thing all the time. It's ultimately, you know, as long as we can justify as a company that we offered a program that did uh, enable a student to make those changes, then, you know, if a student is not ready uh to make those changes yet then obviously making sure that the, they remain supported but specifically for what we specialize in when it comes to work-based learning um uh, you know we can only obviously comment on that uh, if a student uh, is not ready uh, for that transition into employment then yes obviously there's other uh, there's other support mechanisms that need to be put in place but obviously that's not for us to talk about today so yeah it's a it's a complex beast, but as long as you, as long as the uh, the person supporting uh, the person with disruptive talent offers them a uh, pragmatic support mechanism, then you know it's a starting point. Yeah, absolutely agree. It has to be symbiotic, as Roman said. Everything falls into place nicely. And Steve, thank you for summing that up for us. Matthew, what's your final words for us today? Uh, for, for loads and loads of organisations to, to listen to this particular podcast, because you know ultimately that will support us in in driving our our uh, object objective of uh, of engaging with twenty five percent of the hardest to reach young people in the UK and getting them into work placements at an early age, you know, down that vocational route. So we do hope that you know we we want to be. I don't think we set out to be trailblazers, Steve and I, but when we're pushed by Roman and, and, and people of Roman's ilk to do more and do more and do more, then we're on this pathway and, uh, you know, we can't get off it now. So, yeah, we want more and more businesses out there to, to listen to these kind of podcasts and listen to the podcast by, and we talk a lot, don't we, about the diary of the CEO, Stephen Bartlett. And I think that, you know, a lot of his, his podcasts, they're all disruptors on there because they've all done something They've taken a, a product or taken a service and they've, wow, they've thrown a piece of dynamite in there and they've changed things up. And they, you know, they, they will have young people working for them that would never have worked in such an environment ever before. So firm believe that times are changing, which is a fantastic thing. But I would just, yeah, I'd, I'd, I think we want businesses of all shapes and sizes to listen to these podcasts. And understand that actually the benefits completely outweigh the uh, any any kind of negative uh, in terms of recruitment of, of of said people. So yeah, that will boost our ratings as well, Amos. Try and get more people listening to our podcast. So uh, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. Times are changing, Roman. Who would have thought world leaders will be fist bumping these days? There's all sorts of things that have that happened today it looks like a lot of youth culture has been embraced how would you sum it all up for us roman i think i think yeah just on a on a closing note you know in the uk 
it's 35 students each every day that are permanently excluded from school. At that point, you know, if we use that as a, as a shocking starting point, that's 35 futures ended there and then. And I know there's rehabilitation through, through looking at a pro, et cetera, but from the point of being one of those 35 young people that has been told at such a young age, you are a failure, uh, you're not going to amount to anything. It's very difficult to, to come back from that. So certainly the flag that I'm trying to fly is, is working with these schools to try and get these young people on board with what we're trying to do. So we've launched something called Project 25, which in essence is us running around and trying to engage with, with 25% of the nation's hardest to reach young people. But for any business out there listening, you know, reach out, let, let's have a conversation. We put various support mechanisms in place because of our pinch points, you know, myself, Matt, Steve, we've had difficult conversations along the ride. You know, I'm not, not an easy person to, uh, to manage by any stretch of the imagination. But hopefully the, the rewards um, have far outweighed the, those risks. And, and certainly our role is we work directly. And to give a shout out uh, to, to Craig in particular on this, who uh, who manages and is the key worker for our, our Project 25 provision. So he meets these young people and he's that kind of ray of hope for them in the first instance to get them thinking differently, to start getting them to think about the world of work. So there is a lot of support that we provide for employers. We're not just going to send you... Uh, a little cheeky chappy like I was at 14 into the workplace and then it's your problem to babysit them. It's very much, they're already thinking about the world of work. They know that you are um, that last chance saloon for them. So yeah, please do get in touch. If, if you are listening to this, uh, this podcast, I'd love a further conversation to look at, you know, how we can understand you a bit better and hopefully find the right fit because this is all about finding uh, the right fit. And that, that's all we can ask. Absolutely. And Roman, you're a great example of that. So guys, you've heard it. Do get in touch. Uh, you can uh, reach us on our website, which is changingeducation.co.uk. Of course, you can send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. So you've heard it from Roman there, disruptive talent. What does it mean? What's your thoughts on this? We'd love to know your thoughts as well. Get in touch, let us know. And uh, of course, we'll reflect on that as always from Matthew, from Steve, from Roman. Hopefully we'll get you back again next time. Thank you very much. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.